0: Oh my gosh! Hey, Susanna, good to see you. Hey,
1: Tabi, good to see you. How are you How's it going?
0: I'm good. I'm 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 good. I'm pretty good. It's a little bit crazy right at that right now. You know, lead up to the holidays. How are you? It's
1: the season. <laughs> it's the season
0: for every parent, every partner, everybody in the world to be freaking out about what is to come for the next few weeks.
1: <laughs> I wish I had jingle bells right now. Turn, oh. Turn like the kind that they have on the stick. Do your yes. toddlers have those? They're no, like, no. ching, ching,
0: ching, ching. Yeah, you hear it more of like a ching, ching. I'm hearing it more of like a shing ching. I hear more of like mm-hmm. the like shing. but you're the soundboard. I mean, mm-hmm. I've really missed your creative brass representations, <laughs> your toot, toot, tooting, I'm sure I'm we'll back. have, you back, you're back. Pretty much the only question that people are probably asking each other is like, how's your holiday prep going?
1: Ooh, yeah, you know, it, I mean, it's intense because we've got a toddler, but it's always fun and joyous when you have a toddler, too. We've got a tree. Super stoked about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, stoked about presents. How, how are, How's your fam doing?
0: Yeah, I think we're pretty good. Uh, we made like a last minute decision to fly, unfortunately. I mean, fortunately, because mm. we're going to see our family, our extended family out in Utah. Unfortunately, just because it's always a mess to travel over the holidays. And with all this, like, Omicron stuff you know there's a little bit of nervousness but we have flown during COVID You're times also before.
1: flying is bad for the environment have you hello yes you been?
0: yes it is and as co-host of the solar spill I deeply regret not putting that item first <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, it beats, you know, for now, walking or driving to Utah. But, yeah, you know, we're we're doing well generally with our prep. Uh, we also got a tree. I think we probably went to the same tree farm. It was really expensive this year. I feel like everything's really expensive this year. And I feel like that's probably one of the themes of, like, people, you know, prepping for the holidays with all this, like, supply chain stuff and shipping delays and just generally like inflation, all these things that, you know, the news cycle is throwing at us that's making this holiday season seem harder to prepare for. So yeah, we're dealing with all that stuff. But you know, the good thing is, I think I'm down to my last few gifts. So I've got a couple of items in my carts and I'm just, you know, getting ready to press the buy now button.
1: Wait, wait, wait. What, what? You're buying things online for Christmas? Uh, Yeah, what? I mean- I don't want to be a Debbie Downer ruin the holiday, but there's a huge ecological impact to buying things online. So maybe we should talk about that before you hit that button.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So I am pausing on hitting the buy now button and I am pressing play on the intro music for this episode. So okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to buy everything off of Amazon
1: so that it'll be here on time. I mean, you could, you could. And for all the reasons that Amazon is complicated and difficult and not great for the environment, we won't go into all of them now. They have actually pledged to go net zero by 2040, which hmm. is 10 years ahead of the Paris agreement. So, hmm. you know, not going to entirely throw them under the bus, not, you know, not all online shopping and shipping is the same,
0: sure. but
1: you definitely need to think about your purchases before you make them if you really want to be climate conscious.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. You're touching on something that um, I know is definitely an issue, which is international shipping. That definitely has a massive Impact. I mean, even if we just looked at like shipping in ships, <laughs> like on large scale boats that are carrying tonnage of goods in those huge shipping containers, the very same that, you know, earlier this year or last year, I can't remember COVID time, you know, got wedged into like the Suez Canal or whatever and caused all that sort of supply chain misery. Those big ships, they are gigantic polluters uh, and it's a mix of like air Water pollution, noise pollution, and oil pollution—like the crude that it takes to actually run those ships—they're also, unfortunately, the cause of a lot of maritime collisions, as they're called. And in my past life, I was—I used to make like a bunch of games, and one of the games that my company made was um, an adaptation of Moby Dick, the the great and confusing and wild, you know, novel—not a novel—from uh, Herman Melville. We turned it into a card game, and since then, I'm like my friends and family is like go to whale guy. And I love whales. And let me tell you, it really sucks for the whales. Every time we click uh, to buy something internationally, there's just, um, I think it was, uh, basically like this, uh, this article that we'll link to in the description, there's a, an expert who says basically like every time you hit the buy now button on Amazon, you're helping power up the ships that are running down endangered whales off the East coast uh, of the United States. And, more often than not, that's the American right whale and their population numbers have been seriously affected by literally being killed by collisions with these like million ton you know, ship, ships that we're sending. So there's definitely like a mix of like from the crude oil that they use to so the air pollutants that they put out locally uh, around the world in places that actually otherwise would not have a lot of airborne pollutants. These ships are carrying pollution with them, generating it on the seas. They tend to collect water from one port, hold it in these like giant tanks on board It's called ballast water, and they'll like let it off at regular intervals as at different ports and. The contamination between these waters is causing all sorts of problems for maritime creatures. There's just like a whole list of problems with just even the ships that make international shipping possible. And that's that's honestly, what's crazy is shipping is the least environmentally damaging of all the forms of shipping. And it's all really, really damaging. So this is like, this represents the least of the problems. And it's a huge problem is shipping things on ships around the world.
1: Yeah. Side note, there are people that are working on bringing back sail freight and Mm. uh, electric and therefore solar powered motors in conjunction with sail freight, still in its infancy, certainly not something that the entire global shipping industry is converting to immediately, but Good one to put a pin in. Yeah, no, it it makes a lot of sense.
0: It makes a lot of sense with the surface area of a lot of these boats. Imagine them like essentially being floating, you know, solar power plants to power the ship. It just makes a lot of sense. It's a very practical solution. That's cool.
1: Well, and wind. I mean, wind is how we moved boats for a long time. Absolutely. But returning to your question of (laughs) international shipping and, and avoiding goods that are, you know, created overseas to begin with, of course, the answer there is to shop local. Many of our items that are made locally may have, you know, pieces and components that were still shipped from abroad. So if you truly want to do the least carbon impact from shipping, you can look for creators who are making items and selling items locally, but doing it also with other local components and goods. So example, someone who's knitting scarves, but they are either growing that wool themselves from their own Mm -hmm. sheep or they're getting the wool from another uh, local, you know, in-state and county and town maker, which is pretty cool. And you can find folks like that on uh, Etsy, and of course in your in your local craft and creative communities. Etsy has a cool added benefit that it's easy to search for people by where their their shops are located, and Etsy will uh, do a carbon offset. They purchase a carbon offset for the shipping. Oh. Of all the items that are sold through their platform, so full disclosure, I used to work for them, um, and I am a stockholder. <laughs> and I'm uh, yes, um, I'm
0: glad you just. Dis- I was literally about to make a joke about like this would be a good time to make a disclosure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're also I, just great. They're yeah. just great. I mean, it's a great place to find a present. But um, shopping local definitely. You don't need to do it online. You there's so many wonderful um, craft and you know sort of holiday fairs and bazaars that are happening in our communities right now. And when you shop local with them, not only are you avoiding that international shipping footprint, but you also get to support the local economy, right? You're putting money in the pocket of your neighbors instead of somebody who lives super far away, which is always a nice bonus.
0: That is really nice. And I know even with your disclosure for Etsy, I love that you brought in other ways to pull this off locally. Like, are there any other sort of tips or even thought starters that you might have on like what we should be giving
1: in a way? Totally. I mean, I am a big fan of giving food at the holidays, mostly because, you know, my own anti-consumer, (laughs) anti-capitalist leanings, like I don't want to give people crap right? um, and I don't want to receive crap, but everyone loves food. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, of course that can range from anything from getting um, pies and cookies and treats from your, from your local bakery to things like gift somebody uh, a CSA, so community supported agricultural subscription, that's a couple hundred bucks, like that would be an awesome present to give somebody local vegetables uh, for the next year. There's also in both of our areas, both in, in New York and Vermont, there are uh, local CSAs, which instead of focusing on vegetables, focus on flowers, which is another just like beautiful gift to have in your home, you're supporting local agriculture you get this wonderful, I mean, nearly carbon-free gift, right? Like mm-hmm. there's almost no shipping if you're supporting a local farm that way. So yeah. um, I'm a big fan of agricultural products as, as gifts at the holidays.
0: Oh, I love those. Those are really great suggestions. And I think if I were to put a couple of ideas into the hat, my partner prompted us to, as a family... Uh, go towards the model of only giving gifts that we can make for each other it's a really hard prompt obviously like we can't even hit that goal every year but it aligned well with like last year for example I was really getting into woodworking and so I was able to like take literally like scrap wood that I found around my property like from the previous owner that just like left around like made little cool like planters uh, because my partner was getting into, you know, gardening and you've been a huge help. Thank you so much with local knowledge on that front. Um, But even before I uh, moved upstate, like even when I was in a more like urban environment in New York City, I prefer kind of like you were saying not to give crap. I love to give experiences. And one of the sort of best experiences that has given me Like the most positive excitement uh, by the receiver over the years is giving folks memberships to like museums or other places that might align with their interests. And again, really the only kind of carbon footprint that you might have is the mode of transportation that you choose to get there when you patronize it. You know, museum sponsorships and stuff, it'd be great when you start to, if you go that route to do your research into. Uh, the size of the museum and the size of their endowments. And of course, if there are any new or longstanding ethical red flags to the types of collections that those museums hold. There's obviously a lot of really, really great work being done by progressive art critics and by voices in and around the art community and science communities and historical communities about ethical versus non-ethical uh, museums. One, if you happen to be a fan of art, of the art scene, uh, and you want to know which museums may or may not be meeting certain ethical standards, check out a, a blog called Hyperallergic. It's actually just full disclosure. It's run by a good friend of mine, but they are one of the sort of pioneers or like on the tips of the sphere of really holding a lot of the older indentured museums to task for essentially cultural colonialism and a lot of other problems that have been happening. But All that to say, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff that you can do when you stop thinking about an object and start thinking about an experience that you want to give to your family or friends.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's great. I've heard of people making little coupons too Mm. for that kind of a thing of like, I will take you to the art museum or like, I'll go fishing with you. And then whoever you give it to gets to redeem the coupon whenever they want to do that with you, which is kind of fun. Yeah. My other, if we could go back to online things, because- We all know experiences are great and food is great. Flowers are great. But is this actually what our three-year-old kids want? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, our three-year-old kids want Legos. But that's where another online friend can help us out. eBay right, is right. so great for secondhand gifts. And I get so many secondhand toys on there that are in great shape. And it means if you're not buying new, you're not putting any of the carbon footprint into making new stuff. You're not creating new resources to make that stuff. There's no resources to ship it. There's no resources to get the materials out of the ground. You know, Legos are made of plastic. That's a petroleum product. None of that has to happen again because you're reusing a toy that someone else has already enjoyed. So I'm a big fan of secondhand stuff. eBay is really great. If you know exactly what you want, If you're like, yes, I want 250 pieces of Lego. You can go and search it. Not so great. If you don't know what you want, if you need more inspiration, I tend to go to our local secondhand shop. We have a great one here in Red Hook, but there's also, there's tons of sales actually around that are kind of run like big flea markets where lots of people come and share toys. So it's super easy to get on community lists for secondhand toys. And, you know, the kids like it just as well because new Legos to you are still new Legos to you, even if they're not in a shiny box.
0: Really good point. And also we are experiencing supply chain problems right now. And so like Really, it's just, it's also a practical thing. Like there's the sort of ecological and climate change ramifications of buying new all time, but also right now, if you are still looking for gifts, you're probably gonna have a better chance of getting that gift on time for the holidays if you're buying them locally. Uh, I know, for example, at the height of the sort of first wave of this pandemic, Bikes, like bicycles were really hard to find and I couldn't find one and I was dying on the inside because I love to ride a bike. And it was eventually eBay where I was able to find just across state lines in Connecticut, a bike that fit my needs after like many, many weeks of searching. And if I could find like a hot, hot item. I mean, it's not, it's not toilet paper rolls, you know, in March of 2020, but if I could find a hot item in May of 2020 that everyone else is trying to buy, uh, I found it, you know, secondhand. And that was how I got it for practically pretty cheap, actually, too, on the same day that I found it.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a great way to go. And if you're somebody who likes to do the, the forbidden holiday gift of socks, you know, and sweaters, I feel like that's, I mean, that's always a place that I want to go, but no, kid oh that, right? um, but there's so many great thrift stores in our community that do secondhand clothes, shoes, bags, hats, coats, all of that. And there's also really great spots online. You can go for secondhand clothing. Um, I really like Thred Up. That's one that's super easy to search. Again, if you're going online, it's a little bit easier if you already know what you want. So you can, you can search for cashmere sweater. It's much easier than trawling through, you know, tens of thousands of items that they have. It's kind of a different experience than going to a secondhand or a vintage shop in person, right? But ThredUP is a great one. And then The RealReal is another one. It's kind of like more high-end secondhand stuff. So if you're looking for like fancy sunglasses, That's a totally fun place to go to. So we'll pop all of these links in the description for the podcast. So if you get inspired to do any secondhand online shopping, it'll be easy to find all those spots in the description.
0: Awesome. So we've got the, you know, we got the decorations up. We've got the eco-conscious give spot secondhand or fully a coupon for an experience. And what are we, what are we like wrapping these things up, Eh, putting, popping them in a way, uh, wrapping paper, right? Wrapping paper?
1: No, 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 no.
0: I love your grinchy ways. Please tell me, (laughs) tell me what's up with wrapping paper.
1: Oh, okay. Wrapping paper is supposedly a $7 billion business a year. Oh my gosh. People buy rolls of this stuff because, you know, you want it to be a nice experience, right? We've kind of, we have this kind of societal expectation. If you give a gift, you have to wrap it up really cute, put this bow on it and really cute usually means some foiled paper and a glittery ribbon and all this, but guess what? All that wrapping paper, it looks great for a couple of minutes and then it gets ripped up and it goes in the garbage and it creates millions of tons of waste. And about half of it is not recyclable.
0: Right. Because it's all glossy and gussied up and totally not even paper anymore. It's this weird hybrid thing.
1: Exactly. The American Forest and Paper Association has developed something called the scrunch Mm -hmm. test, which is a guideline for people disposing of wrapping paper to figure out if you can actually recycle it or not. Because it's actually really, you know, side note, it's actually very harmful to the recycling stream to put things in there that cannot be recycled. Yes. So don't put wrapping paper in the recycling stream if it cannot be recycled. And the test is you crinkle up the wrapping paper into a ball. If it stays that way when you let go, it's probably fine to put in the recycle bin. Okay. But if it starts unfolding again flat into whatever shape it was in, then there's a good chance there's enough plastic and foil content and glitter content and whatnot in that, that it just needs to go into the landfill. Wow.
0: Crinkle test every time.
1: So wrapping paper, not that good if it's, you know, all glittery and foily and plasticky. So think about alternatives. What, what is your, what is that face? I mean,
0: I'm just, what I'm saying is like, yeah, I, I want the endorphin rush before the endorphin rush. Like how do I still get my like Unpackaging experience before I'm inevitably let down by the socks that you're going to get me for, like, for <laughs> Christmas.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, there's definitely a joke in there somewhere, but I think mm-hmm. it'd be inappropriate for this podcast I'm not <laughs> okay. <gonna> make it. <laughs> Instead, I will say that, yeah, just using more simple materials that you know can definitely be recycled. Mm. Plain brown paper, you might think, oh, that's boring. That's plain. You can make it look really cute. You can do your own stamps on it. You can draw on it. Um, You can even just jazz it up with like nice ribbons. Um, We like to do herbs. So we'll take, you know, sage or rosemary that's, you know, still green from the garden and we'll, Tuck it in with some little twine and a nice card. That's always just like really sweet and simple way. My mom, what she loves to do is she saves bags. So (laughs) all those bags that you give to other people and other people give to you, don't throw them away, save those bags. And then use them again so they get another life. That can be a nice way to kind of zhuzh things up. And if you right. want to go the glitter foil route, you know, just save a glitter foil thing that someone else gave you.
0: Glitter forward. Just pay it, pay it forward, you know. Exactly. Regift gift the glitter bag.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. My mom would be so proud to see my stash of that. Ba- like, I feel like I made so much fun of her for just stashing literally 50 holiday bags in this one cabinet in her house like why do you have all these and now my collection is crying well, and I'm just you, like look what, I'm being such a good steward for the environment saving these bags
0: and I want to I want to lend you some perspective of like honestly of all the ways that we can turn out like our parents you've got an easy one there like one little closet <laughs> with like 50 reusable bags does not a complex make you know it's great
1: you haven't seen the pile, but thank you.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, if I need some, I know where to go. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. I'm happy to share. <laughs> <Yeah>. sweet.
0: <laughs> well, sweet. This sounds like a really cool uh, mini guide to sort of how to be more uh, sustainable with our holiday shopping. And I guess I, really the only question I've ha- had have left to ask you is, Susanna, are, are you looking forward to anything specific, like receiving anything specific for the holidays?
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, something that I would maybe like to gift myself because it's kind of pricey, but they're these really cool um, little battery kits you can get with a little foldable solar panel. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not meant to be like a whole home backup or anything. It's basically just to keep your laptop and your phone running in case of a power outage, or you can take them camping. Um, You you know, you can take them if you're going off grid anywhere. So I was thinking about spurging and getting our family, something like that uh, just because it'd be fun to have the power For camping trips, but also, you know, we get a lot of power outages around here and we have a wood stove, so we're never concerned about heat, but it would just be nice to be able to keep the phones going so we can, you know, stay in touch with people. Yeah. What about you? What's, that's, what's under your tree?
0: That was actually, that's a really great idea. And it's weirdly related to mine, which is, I mean, we just, so I've, I've talked about this over a number of episodes, but we just went solar. Uh, and since, since having those panels put up on my roof, it's really actually been a very transformative experience for me. Like I'm really looking around every single day and wondering aloud sometimes like what else, like, what else can we electrify? Like What else could I be powering with those panels? Um, and as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I love biking. Um, and as those kind of concepts mash up in my mind, I'm like, oh, I really maybe it's time to get an electric cargo bike. Because yeah, yeah, there's some really cool electric cargo bikes that go from like insanely pricey to some that are like kind of entry level. And I've got from you know, toddler, toddler parents, what's up? I've got two, I've got twins that will fit like will will be under the weight of the carrying capacity of that cargo bike for many years to come. So with a range of, you know, 20 to 40 miles with pedal assist, I can really see it being a really fun way to like bike to the local town with the kids in tow, manage some of the rolling hills in our hood and really just connect me to the local towns and villages in about a 10 to 15 mile radius without ever having to uh, get in a car, which is a dream of mine as a former city person. So that, yeah, if I could, if I could, you know. Shout out to an elf somewhere or whatever. I'm not like much of a Christmas person, but I guess that's what we're dealing with. Uh, but yeah, shout out to whoever's listening, cargo bike. I think, yeah, bike.
1: I think we're gonna have to do a whole episode on e-bikes at some point too. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're actually really cool. And we were sharing around the office the other day that the battery capacities for some of the new EVs. You don't think about it, how, how enormous those capacities are, but they actually still take so much power to run an EV. If you I switch do. to something like in, like an e-bike, you know, an electric bike instead, you're powering that cleanly with solar and you're, you're taking a massive decrease in actual energy use which you're not doing if you just continue to use a car. So I feel like there's like a whole other episode to do about e-bikes because they're so great. But I really hope that an elf brings that for you because I want to test drive it. (laughs) Fair game. Well,
0: sweet. And on that note, listener, um, should you be considering going solar at your home or for your business? Definitely look us up. Uh, we're in New York Hudson Valley and Capital Region. We are also in Vermont. We are Sun Common, so you can find us at suncommon.com. And for The Solar Spill, I'm Tavit. I'm Susanna. And we're so glad that you joined us and gave us a listen. Happy holidays, y'all, and happy new year.